Welcome to the podcast. It's the podcast. Chapter 20, part two. Tell them. With the co-host, you know her. I'm Holly. And I'm the other one, Zoe. And this is the complete history, adventures, and predicaments of two evidently redundant sentience. But today it's three redundant sentience because we have Julia. Uh, yeah, this is part two to the last episode. So we're still on the diagnosis, mm-hmm. but we talked for an hour just on mental health, which like, honestly, we could probably talk for like eight hours on mental health. Literally. Yeah. Uh, wow. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Once again, if you listen to the last episode, the wine is catching up to me real yep. fast. Um, second of all, um, go listen to the first episode. Go listen to chapter 20, part one, before you listen to... Wait, are we calling this chapter 21? I just was thinking this was chapter 20, part two. But, I mean, it could be chapter 21. Okay, I wasn't sure either. Okay, chapter 20, part two. Um, Go listen to chapter 20, part one to get, like, the debrief or whatever. Because we're going to pick up right where we left off. Um, yeah, yeah. and we're not going to recap. So just go listen to that one. If you want to really know what's wrong one. with us. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you want to know what, what's wrong with us, And you want to hear exactly. Julia tear up. Yeah, Julia oh, emotional. <laughs> I, I got emotional. Which we love. I love people get emotional on the podcast. I get very emotional a lot. I've cried on the podcast. And she don't cry, you Julia keeps making fun of me. Julia keeps making fun of me because I keep saying that I'm not a crier, but that I keep giving her all the examples of the things that do make me cry. And she's like, so you cry. You're not a crier. So, Holly, does this mean that you're gaslighting yourself or gaslighting the rest of the world by telling them you're not a crier? I think you're constantly crying. Yeah, I think I'm definitely gaslighting both myself and the world. I think I'm just like, I think I'm just a toxic human being full Damn. all the way around. It's why I bought the gaslight da- jacket from Dragon Denim. I mean, it suits my personality. Apparently so. <laughs> it all started oh with my the God. fluorescence. Yes. Um, also, go follow at Dragon Denim on Instagram and buy our friend Rena's jackets. You heard? Her- yeah. That was, mm. also, that was also a really great segue into the things that we diagnose ourselves with. Yes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so we so okay, so do we want to do? Do we want to? Which order do we want to go in? Do we want to go through physical and then go through our all of our self diagnoses, or do we want to go through all of our self diagnoses? I would do physical physical. first. So go ahead and just finish out with what we we know we have. Okay, because I feel like some of our self ones are going to be both. Could be both. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Okay. I'll, I'll start with this one and we'll just go back around the other way only because mine is so short okay, heard. Mm-hmm. that I'm like, there's not much to it. <laughs> Girl, I got scoliosis. My back crooked as fuck. <laughs> had that since I was born. <laughs> like, I need to laugh, but honestly, every time you bring it up, I think of you in that back brace, bro. Okay. Bro, no, 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 no. You no, look no, like no, a no, soldier no. going to war. No, literally. Okay, so I, I yeah, I, I got a back brace and I feel so bad because it cost my parents like three grand. To get me this back brace that was supposed to help my, um, fuck, I didn't talk about this. I mean, okay, never mind. It's not a mental health issue. It's just a phobia. So it's not the same thing. But long story short, sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. I need a second. Take a breath. <sighs> okay. What was I talking about? So you have, uh, you don't have spondy. <laughs> you have I have scoliosis, scoliosis. And you got and a brace. My parents got a brace to help me fix my scoliosis. 
And um, it was obviously really tight and very uncomfortable because it has kind of, it like moves your spine into a normal position, Mm -hmm. which is not my spine's natural position. Mm -hmm. And so it's very uncomfortable. It's very tight. It's hard to breathe in. It makes my posture very, very straight to the point where like, I can't like bend over to pick something up. Mm -hmm. I don't have like full use of my arms always when I'm wearing it and whatever. And it triggered my claustrophobia mm-hmm. terribly yeah. to where every time I would put it on after a few minutes, I would have a panic attack. I think that was the first time I saw you cry. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. honestly, because um, Brendan, uh, once again, Brendan was like trying to like talk with me through it. And I just mm-hmm. started sobbing because I was like, my parents paid all this money for this. And like the look of the thing would start to give me anxiety. Like it felt like someone was like locking me up in a dungeon every mm-hmm. time I went to go yeah. put it on. Yeah. I mean, it was aggressively large and like yeah. hardcore. Like I, yeah. I could understand. Yeah. Me. And like, so basically what it does is it also like elongates you. So it's really tight underneath your armpits and they wanted me to wear it for 30 minutes per day. And it's really, so, and so it lifts you up. So then your spine has room to get into the correct position. Mm -hmm. So again, it's really tight under the armpits and it also has like padding, but it's not the best padding. So I would kind of like stuff socks underneath it to make it a little more comfortable. But then that extra added height would make my arms start to go numb. Oh God. So I would like kind of start to lose feeling and everything. Yeah. So I make I, you freak out more. Yeah. So I, I tried to do different things while I had it on. I tried working, but I couldn't really work very well because my arms would start to go numb and I couldn't like type properly. And like, it was like if you were typing, but like you were holding your arms kind of, I'm trying to explain this cause it's a podcast, but like if you were holding your elbows vertical to your shoulder, like I could only work standing up because if I was sitting down, my arms couldn't reach my desk, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, it literally looked like like armor, like a knight's armor kind of. Yeah. Like, really, it did. Except it was under your armpits instead of over your shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then, so then I would try and, like, do chores to, like, distract myself from it. And then eventually I just tried laying down and just wearing it. Like, I tried to wear it, um, like, to sleep at one time, too. Because, like, the longer you wore it, like, obviously the more effective it was supposed to be. Um, and that didn't work. And to this day, I've never found a way that I can do it without like literally like ha- actually having a breakdown about it. Um, and so that really sucks. Mm-hmm. But I still have scoliosis. I don't really do anything for it now, which is kind of a shame, um, especially because my sister-in-law is literally a chiropractor, but they moved away. But she's a phenomenal chiropractor. And like I was having hip pain for like over like a year to no, it was like two years because mm-hmm. my last competition. Yeah, it was like two, almost three years of having consistent hip pain. Um, and like in one adjustment, she literally made it go away with like, and she's like the most gentle adjustment. She uses an instrument. She doesn't even like really like crack you in the way that you think of with a chiropractor. Yeah. Um. So super, super thankful. If you're in the Savannah era, Savannah area, um, definitely find Dr. Paris Hickman. I can't remember the name of her practice, but if you follow Coastal Cairo mama on Instagram that's her like chiropractic page um so she really really helped me out if you're in the Savannah Georgia area I definitely recommend going to see her especially if you're a mom or um have a child because she focuses on uh uh, pregnant mothers new mothers and infants um is kind of her specialization um which I am not but she still did a really good job (laughs) on me so uh that's like my biggest one and then I have a small one and I can never even say it correctly it's like costrochondritis or costochondritis costro said it correctly okay that's how i i'm almost positive you said it correctly okay um yeah if i didn't you know it's wrong 
but it's basically like this thing where um, I don't even know exactly why it's a thing. But if I um, get hit in the chest, like sometimes if I'm like benching, like barbell benching, and I don't like really carefully put the bar on my chest and then lift up, if it hits my chest too hard, or even if I turn around too fast, like if I uh, have my right arm and I reach over my left arm too quickly to like grab something. Or if I have like my right arm and I reach backwards, it happened to me one time because I was sitting in my driver's seat and my purse was in the back and I went to go grab it with my right arm and I turned really fast to grab it. It, it causes this pressure in my chest. And the worst part about it is that it makes my heart feels like it's like locked in a block of ice. It's very, very weird and it is a it is very very similar to the feeling right before I have a panic attack. Mm. So it sucks because when it gets mm. triggered and it lasts for like three-ish days to maybe a week at most, and it sucks because for that entire three days to a week, I feel like I'm constantly on the edge of a panic attack because mm -hmm. of the physical symptoms, yeah, of the mental symptoms, yeah. right? And yeah. so that is also the worst <laughs> because I just constantly feel like this like low level anxiety mm -hmm. yeah. that even though I'm not I'm, I'm aware that I'm not having anxiety the physical feeling of it in my in my body is making my brain think that that's what's happening yeah, right um yep and so it really sucks yeah and I you. the first time it happened it was terrifying I thought I was literally having a heart attack I thought I had like a heart palpitation I thought I was gonna freaking like die mm -hmm. because it would not go away um and then I realized like costume contritis is like a very like minor thing like it will not ever kill you it will not like harm you or anything like that um it's basically just a feeling it's mm -hmm. there's nothing really more to it that I that I'm aware of yeah um so yeah, those are the only two things that I've been diagnosed with physically. Julia, your turn. So I feel like a lot of my physical things are in a confusing space for me right now just because the like quote unquote diagnoses that I have came from the wellness mm. side rather than like mainstream healthcare. Yeah. Um, and just in general, after leaving a lot of the like wellness side of it, mm -hmm. I feel confused as to like what's real and what's not real. Oh yeah. Um, so like on that side of it, I have like some kind of chronic inflammation, Epstein-Barr, and I had Lyme oh, disease. What is, what is Epstein-Barr? I know that term, but I cannot think of it. What Technically it it's a herpes virus. It's not the like oh, sexually okay, transmitted okay. one that you think of. Yeah. Um, and I guess like. 95% of the world has it or at least that's like is what that I was that you're told. born with probably or like you can get it I, like super easily yeah oh, okay got it got it yeah um the biggest issue that I've had throughout my life is this chronic fatigue like mm. my fatigue is sometimes so awful like there will be days yeah. that I literally I barely can get out of bed or stay mm -hmm. awake I have to sleep all day or sometimes I get up and I feel energized and then an hour later I have to take a nap because all of a sudden I'm so exhausted. Yeah. Like it's been my entire life yeah. and my parents just had no idea what to do about it. Like mm -hmm. when I was younger, we would go on family vacations mm -hmm. and I would just sleep while my family was out doing something fun. Yeah. Because Same. I was just so fucking tired. Yeah. And I've done a sleep study and all they diagnosed me with was idiopathic hypersomnia, which is like, you're tired and we don't know why. 
Heard. <laughs> Love that. Fancy fancy name. Ass title to be like, sorry, you're tired. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Dang. Thanks. Yeah. So like, I feel like I feel like I suffer from the fatigue issues, but it's definitely my insomnia that like impacts it. Because like there are days where I feel pretty well rested and I feel mm-hmm. energized throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But like I know how I don't have it like chronically in that same sense, but like I know how that shit feels. And it's so fucking frustrating to be tired and not be able to get any relief from it, basically. Yeah. Sometimes even if you rest, does nothing for you at all. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's the like one that I know for sure. The other couple things are like, do you have those? Do you not have those? Like what? Oh, like they were the like talked the, about, but not officially diagnosed. Yeah, like oh, okay. Epstein Barr mm-hmm. and Lyme disease. That was found through the kinesiology, like muscle testing practice. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So Which that's is not, not like a very blood accepted test in like Western medicine, but exactly. in Eastern medicine, that's like a exactly. diagnosis. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, but through got it. like the wellness side of it, that's what I've always been treated for. Okay. So have you had any curiosity to go treat it in like a more traditional sense, as far as like Western medicine goes? I've thought about it, mm-hmm. and after my move, I will definitely be finding a doctor to go through, like, some of these things with. Yeah, because definitely Lyme disease, a big, like, symptom of that is chronic fatigue. So if you were able to yeah. understand that piece, that Epstein might help Epstein-Barr is chronic fatigue, too. That's its oh, big thing. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about Epstein-Barr enough to yeah, speak on it. Yeah. I don't know a ton about it. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I know even a little bit about Lyme disease is because I follow a bodybuilder whose husband has Lyme disease and it worsened over the past few years. Oh, and she's a YouTuber. Sorry. I forgot to mention that. Um, and so they were like vlogging and talking about us. The only reason I know anything really about Lyme disease, but that was one of his biggest things is that his chronic fatigue was so bad and being for someone for him, he, he was so active. He was also a bodybuilder to go to that thing where he like could never just like get himself to the gym the same way he used to and everything was like weighing on him a lot mentally. And like, that's what they were talking about was the chronic fatigue. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, I did get a blood test when I was younger because the, like the wellness doctor my mom brought me to was like, you have Lyme disease. And so we went to a regular doctor and was like, this is when you were a kid when this was diagnosed. Yeah. I was in high school. I I have literally been tired the majority of my life, probably since fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. Is when this probably really started. Mm -hmm. Um, But so when I was in high school was when the Lyme disease was diagnosed. Um, That you're aware of? Was there any opportunity for you to be exposed to ticks? Oh, yeah. Minnesota. My, I don't know if they're t- like, said Minnesota. Minnesota. I don't know if they're tick heavy. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Oh, and okay. Yeah, summers were always camping, playing night games outside, like always in the woods. Just for people that don't know, because there might be some people, I don't want to assume Lyme disease like is a disease that you get from a tick like biting you. Yeah, yeah. And they they don't just like bite and go away. Like, they like lodge themselves they, in like, you. They like burrow in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get sick from that. I think you can also get it from some other bugs too. Yeah. I'm not aware right. of what others. Yeah. But ticks are the big ones. Yeah. That you yeah, get That's what like you hear about the most for sure. Yeah. 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 But so the blood tests all came back negative. But what the wellness world oh, tells you. Yeah. What the wellness world tells. What the wellness world tells you is that. Sometimes you can have these chronic infections, 
but it's such a low grade that the blood tests don't recognize it. Yeah. So, like, you can still have it and have all the symptoms, Mm -hmm. but, like, Western medication won't do anything about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just ticks? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I'm like a very, I'm like you where I like, I'm very into like the wellness side of things and I don't subscribe to like Western medicine as much, but like I have, I feel like a healthy blend of them, if that makes sense. But my family is also, I mean, we've been going to chiropractors and like seeing them as like our general, like, what is it called? Like your primary care physician for like Mm -hmm. a really long time. So it's also just like kind of where my whole family has been at. And it's like been, it's been very helpful for us because we've been, we've had other issues with like traditional like MDs. Yeah. That has made us kind of slowly go more towards like chiropractic care as our main like medical provider. Yeah. Um, For me, the one thing that I feel that's important to know is like, for me, I feel like the wellness side of it traumatized me. Yeah. Um, For good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last few years have have traumatized me. And so I'm not as much into it as I was even like maybe two months ago. Yeah. Because now I'm questioning so much of it. Mm-hmm. And so I need to refine the balance between yeah. the two worlds. I will say, I think a big issue in like wellness practices is that like everything can be an enemy and that's one thing yes like in mainstream kind of wellness media it can be like um you know first you don't drink we did this with milk it was like don't drink cow's milk it's bad for you then it went to almond milk now it's at oat milk now it's at this milk now it's like whatever and like slowly because everything can have its good and its bads in wellness media that can happen a lot where it's like what am I supposed to fucking eat? You know what I mean? Because it's like, yes, kale was really big and then, or spinach was really big and then kale was really big. And now I don't even know what the superfood is now, but then they're like, eat this, not that. And like in the seventies, the fat was like the really big issue, but like we literally need, like our brains are made of fat. We need fat yeah. to function. It's just yeah. specific fat, fats can be bad for you. And it's, it's, I get how people can get frustrated with like that side of things because it's like, my dad even had this problem where he wanted to like lose weight and he was like, but literally everything is supposedly the enemy. Like they yeah, say everything that, is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to eat like bananas because they're higher in sugar. But I'm like, it's from the earth. Like, dad, you can eat a banana. And like he was starting to have kind of like disordered eating mm-hmm. because everything was the enemy because he was yeah. like, do I follow the glycemic diet or do I follow like the low carb diet or do yeah. I follow the carnivore diet like which fucking one god i could literally talk about this all day it's so frustrating and i feel for people so much and i feel um i feel thankful that i have so many friends that are in the health and like nutrition space Mm -hmm. because i feel like i know where i stand and where i feel comfortable for myself Mm -hmm. where it's that mix of like if i wanted to if I wanted to be like my best healthy self right now when it comes to like health and nutrition, I would start with like counting my macros, focusing on making sure that I'm getting in like a wide variety of fruits and veg excuse me, fruits and vegetables while also allowing my mental health um to eat what I want to eat when I really want to eat it in the sense that where it's like 
I really wanted Chips Ahoy Chewies for this trip. And like, are those healthy? No. Did I eat like 80 of them while we were here because it's a girls beach trip? Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Punish yourself. That's the hardest part. Exactly. I I deal with that all the time of like punishing yourself for eating something that's good. Like, yeah. Even though it's not quote unquote good. Yeah. Okay. And that's about like, everyone needs to find the balance that's comfortable for them. For some people, it's eating 100% organic all of the time, like non-GMO, grass-fed, like blah, 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 blah. Like for you, Julia, for a long time, it was going vegan. And now like pescatarianism feels a little bit more comfortable for you. But like just knowing what feels right to you at any given time, I think is half the battle and not letting other people decide that for you. And because not to decide it for other people. Yeah, because I think yes. that happens a lot where it's like, you know, when the carnivore diet became a really big thing and a lot of people still believe in that diet, like a lot of people are like, oh, well, I need to do that to be healthy. So they switch to carnivore diet. But then they're told, like, it's best to be a vegan. So they go be a vegan. But then they're told that they need to be low carb. So they go be low carb. And their body can't handle all these yeah. switches. Their system mm-hmm. is not even processing. Yeah. So it's finding that balance of what feels comfortable for your body while also mixing that mental health aspect where, like, you should not be afraid of what you eat. You should not be afraid to eat the wrong thing unless you have, like, a fucking allergy and you're going to die, obviously. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mm, same where I could talk about this for so long because I have such big issues with this. I think once again, because I have so many friends in the health and nutrition and fitness space that like I see their frustrations of seeing these people go through years of like yo-yo dieting, yeah, yeah. yo-yo dieting and constant like, I don't know what the fuck to do because there's so much information. It's hard to yeah. wade through the bullshit to find out what's yeah. real and right for them. Yeah. Everyone's just so unique that like what's right for someone else might not be right for you. Exactly. So then you have to wade through everything to figure out exactly what's good for you. And mm-hmm. it's so confusing. Which it's is so why frustrating. I think it's a big thing that doctors need to listen to their patients because if something doesn't re- feel right to you, it's for a reason. Yeah. You had this issue where like for and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, for you going vegan was a moral like decision correct correct yes and then her doctor was like no you cannot be doing that it's bad for your body and so he was he was stamping on what to you is a moral code yes and so but he was also using christianity as a way to do it which is it wasn't just like science it was also his religion and his religious perspectives but and which is also wrong Either way, he should have been respectful of your uh, views and positions on what's right for yeah. your body because it's your body and you get to treat it how you want to. Yeah. And like. He should have had an ability to take his more own. more empathy. Yeah, well, take your own like opinions and beliefs out of it. Hear what your patient has to say and then have the tools to give your patient what they need to be prosperous in this decision because uh-huh. it could be that, yes, her body is going to change and it's going to react to this new way of living. But if she's got Ooh. the right tools and she does it healthy, then like, what's yeah. the problem? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I think his main goal was that he wanted you to have more protein. Right. Yes. Was, yeah. yeah. And so instead of, instead of telling you to go like eat a steak, he could have just said, here are some things I think are going to have a better protein blend for you mm-hmm. or here are the gr- like the foods to group together to get a fuller amino acid profile right. you know what i mean in order to like help you out the best that he could mm-hmm. instead of bully you into doing something that you didn't feel was right for you but let's be honest a lot of doctors are like that you know what i mean oh, like yeah. a lot of doctors 
I mean, even like right now, like I ain't got one doctor that mm-hmm. has said to me, maybe you should work on your diet. No, 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 no. That's because Western like, medicine does not mm, focus on mm, food mm, as medicine yeah. at all. It's yeah. well, mm, all of these other things are wrong with you, and maybe you should just go get surgery and try again. Surgery. It's like, I'm sorry, excuse me. Or whatever me. is going to have the biggest yeah. paycheck. I'm yeah. mad oh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, every time I go into the doctor, I know for a fact I'm going to get weighed. And I know for a fact that I am in the range where it's like, okay, if you want to avoid diabetes and all these other things, mm-hmm. you should probably lose some weight. Yeah. We know. I mm-hmm. know everyone knows. We've been new. There ain't nobody until this most recent doctor down at Emory. Yeah. Who was like, why don't we look into a nutritionist? Why don't we mm-hmm. look, like start there? Like, why don't we whatever? help you yeah. with that? Everyone yeah. Everyone before that has been like, I think you should go and get like a like a stomach removal surgery, or maybe you should get the belt, or maybe like yada yada. And I'm like, dude, I don't eat already. So like you can shrink my stomach so that yeah. I don't eat as much, but honey, I'm already not it's already there. Yeah. My metabolism already isn't starting. Like yeah. I know what issue, and like they don't listen. They just want to, mm-hmm. like you said, get a paycheck, move on. Because they pills. look at you and they make a judgment. They, they look do. at you and they make a judgment that you McDonald's, you eat McDonald's for three square meals a day exactly. and don't get off your ass. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. And which I don't is which is fucked. And that's what like that's what that's a oh mm, okay yeah we it's can so we need to have oh okay I, it's funny because I was saying that I really want to have my uh I really want to have my friend Shelby Peterson on a podcast you oh, can yeah, follow please. her at uh uh strong like Shelby is like her health and fitness page um definitely go follow her we want to have her on a podcast to talk about similar things with this and we also want to have like I said my sister-in-law you can follow her at coastal Kyra mama um as well because she's a, doc, a doctor of chiropractic um, and a very good one and it has a lot of thoughts on this as well. So we'll have them on for future episodes to go more into this. But going back to you, Julia, were there any other mm-hmm. physical diagnoses that you wanted to discuss? No. Okay, cool. Zoe! I'm not. Okay, we got an hour. Do we have an hour left? <laughs> Shut up. God, at least she's coming for me, y'all. She's coming yeah. for me, y'all. No. I, it's really I, not a To lot. be fair, though, I feel for you. Because there's been quite a few diagnoses and quite a few that, like, take... They're not, uh, take a pill and you're good. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I was sitting here and I was trying to remember them all. Yeah. Because, like, genuinely, I, I don't... I mean, you have, like, three for your back alone. Yeah. And I don't really, like, think about all of them as much as I probably should. Anyway, okay. So, let's start from the top. I'll help you because I know some of them. <laughs> okay. I don't know the really long one. I, I got that. That's my back. Okay. I yeah, got, yeah. I, don't, I got I, you. I got you. I got you. I can't name that one. Okay. I can barely say it. So, uh, the one of the first things I know is I have chronic headaches. They used to be, like, really bad migraines, but... I was diagnosed with just like a there's a fancier way to say it but they're basically chronic headaches yeah where I get the orbs like the really like uncomfortable like feeling like when I laugh really hard it can set on a headache immediately like because I have this really annoying laugh where I don't like actually breathe, breathe. Yeah. yeah so it it's like kind of connected to just like all of that um I mean I'll take ibuprofen sometimes but it doesn't really help it just kind of whatever but I recently learned like in the past couple of years that it's also connected to my back Yep. One of the main reasons Which I have those. Because your yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. brain is connected to your spine. So um, working my way down from there. <sighs> y'all, I apologize because I genuinely don't know the names of some of these things. And they all kind of stem from my main source. So actually, yeah, I'm going to go down to my back. Okay. So growing up, I knew I had sciatica, which is basically where your sciatic nerves gets pinched. And then you can have like numbness down the legs. Um, mine was mostly on the left side of my body. 
And that was all I was ever told was you have sciatica. That's just How what it is. How old were you when this was? Do you remember? This would have been like high schoolish. Okay. Um, so like towards the competition season of dance, I remember because I hurt myself in a dance number at a competition where I did this like flip thing with this guy mm-hmm. and I immediately felt like numbness, like from like halfway from my stomach down. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, that's not good. That's not normal. Um, and then a few weeks later, I literally could not get out of bed. I could not sit up. I couldn't move my body because it was almost like I was paralyzed. Like it was the most terrifying Ooh. moment in my life. Like I, my friend was staying the night and she had to go get my grandparents. I was like hyperventilating, freaking out. Like it was that, bad. That's scary. It was really scary. Um, And then after that, like it kind of dwindled down. Like obviously like I wasn't working as hard. Like once you, I left high school, I wasn't doing cheer. I wasn't doing dance. I wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. Like I was really just doing theater. Um, So then later on in life. um, Oh God. I think this was in college. I go to the chiropractor for the first time, courtesy mm-hmm. of Holly telling me about how beneficial chiropractor was Ooh, when we were at a Michael Bublé concert. <laughs> um, because my family... Is that really one? <gasps> That's so funny. Okay. So my grandmother had a very terrible experience with a chiropractor who basically broke her back and I, she had to have surgery. I remember you saying that. And so I grew up terrified of the chiropractor. Bad chiropractor? Mm-hmm. And uh-uh. so I had been told a couple times, like, hey, maybe a chiropractor would help you, like, whatever. I hadn't had any x-rays done, which is really crazy to me because, like... That's my number one thing, and I think I told you that, like, Mm -hmm. maybe this was, like, a little bit later, or maybe in that same conversation. If a chiropractor... If a chiropractor touches you before you've had x-rays done, run the other way. Yeah. This was after it, because this is what happened. So, Mm -hmm. I... Holly told me about that. She kept telling me how great she loved chiropractor. I saw your stories a lot, whatever. So I go to, and I'm going to call him out, the joint, the joint. Oh, yeah. no, and no, so, no, no. Yeah. But I was naive, okay? Mm-hmm. So I had already been having really bad back pain. Like, walking was painful. Like, something was definitely going on that was, like, mm-hmm. more than just my usual sciatica. Yeah. So I went there. They don't x-ray you. He immediately adjusts me. And for maybe 30 minutes, I felt fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. And then I couldn't walk. <laughs> like I literally it was like if my hip moved to take a step pain if I put pressure on I can't remember which leg it was I was crying like yeah it was probably like second to like that one time in the bed like the worst back pain I have ever had in my life and I was like this is great yeah um so then I was kind of scared of chiropractors and then you had that conversation with me you were like well did they x-ray you and I was like no mm-hmm. so then I got like um, referred to a chiropractor in Columbus who I absolutely freaking adore and I wish that I could have stayed in their practice for forever, but we moved. Yeah. Um, the first time that I went, literally no one touched me. All we did was x-rays and like all this other stuff and then I went home and then I came back and we did a whole like diagnosis like on what was brief, going on yeah. and then it was like, I don't even think they touched me the second time either. It was like, this is what's going on and what to expect and then and come give you back. like a airplane. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. So from these x-rays, I found out that I had a broken back. It's called spondylolisthesis or something like that. It's basically where um, my very low back and my pars something. It's the bone that was once cartilage. When you're little, it's cartilage. And it forms to bone as you like get out of like the elementary age. Mm-hmm. Mine either one did not form to bone or two was broken at some point when it was still too fragile. Like a fall um, kids that are like oh. playing soccer, like things like that. Like it's usually an athlete's injury, which I was not an athlete. So most likely a fall or you could just be born with it. It's very yeah. like, there's not really a set 
way you can get it. Yeah. Um, but basically it causes where my spine connects to like the rest of it. It just like slides forward. Mm-hmm. So it never, it doesn't have anything to hook on. It just kind of is like floating. Yeah. Um, so obviously that causes a lot of issues. Um, so from there, I think, sorry, can I interject yeah. real quick? I will just say, I think one thing that people can forget a lot is that your spine is what connects your spinal cord to your nervous system. Yes. So when your spine is not, is not in the correct position, think about a fire hose that has a kink in it. All that information that's supposed to be going between your brain and the rest of your nervous system. It doesn't. Is not working properly. And so mm-hmm. that can also have other health issues, mental health issues, because all of your all of your information for your entire body runs through your spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And so I think people really undervalue having proper spinal health. Oh, definitely. Because they don't realize that your spinal cord is what is attached to that. So if it's off, if it has a kink or whatever, that information is getting is getting lost and like mm-hmm. is, is slower in there and everything. And mm-hmm. so, sorry, I just wanted to no, say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm preachy about carpocrine. I, I girl pop off, you know? <laughs> um, and I'm talking really fast, I think. So apologies. But no, like when good. I get into this, I get into, get into it. it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the first thing that he noticed was that. And then, um, I started getting adjustments there and then, he never really looked at my neck, though. He kind of... We only really focused my on neck. the... My, my back. back. Sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so not... I'm tired. Uh, but I, I, I don't really remember if we ever really touched on the neck area because this is important coming up. But for the longest time in Columbus, that was what I worked on was that whole, like, break situation. Yep. And we kind of just flew through that for about a year, year and a half. And then I mm. moved to Atlanta. Yeah, and then I moved to Atlanta, uh, and I had a chiropractor there, but, like, I wasn't as consistent, and I really didn't put what I should have into it, and I just kind of dealt with the pain, yeah. um, which, it's funny, because my mom thinks that I have the lowest pain tolerance in the entire world, and I can confirm after my most recent chiropractor that it is far from the truth, Yeah, because when I got to, um, well, okay, I'm going too fast, I'm going too fast, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're good so then i go to augusta and i have to get a new chiropractor and this one um she makes me get x-rays again and she is not happy with just x-rays so she asked me to go get mri so i get my first mri and she finds out i have a bulging disc as well so that's putting pressure obviously my sciatica is there still where is the bulging disc on the bottom it's like the second or third from the bottom so it's okay. all lower back mostly And then um, she notices that my neck is like, it's not curving the correct way. Like it's not doing the correct curve that it should, (laughs) which is because when you stack things on top of each other and the foundation isn't steady, then obviously the rest isn't steady. Okay. Also, sorry, I'm going to just make a side comment because I'm getting preachy again. I love it. They call like the arc that your neck is supposed to have the arc of life. Oh, because really? It, yes, because it is literally, like, one of the most important structural pieces of mm-hmm. your, like, nervous system again, again, mm-hmm. um, and, like, your brain. And, like, if your neck is not functioning properly, once mm-hmm. again, I mean, it's holding up your whole fucking head, which yeah. is, like, the heaviest part of your body. Mm-hmm. And that arc needs to properly be formed in order to, like, make sure you're having, like, proper function. And so yeah. I just wanted to add that in. And that's literally called the arc of life because it is so important. And same, I had a same issue where, like, my neck was not forming mm-hmm. the correct, or it was, like, it was just over time, I think I slept weird on it, to be honest, mm-hmm. and it, like, kind of started going the other way than it's supposed to, mm-hmm. and, like, 
made a huge difference once I got that corrected, but continue. Sorry. Um, I might keep interjecting. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> what? Girl, you're fine. So then in Augusta, I will say I did not like my chiropractor. It was a very old practice, an older woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like it almost felt like they didn't really care what was changing and they would always just do the same thing. And then I'd be like, Hey, I'm not feeling any better. I'm still numb on yeah. the entire right side That's of my, my body. Yeah. Like you're doing all this stuff. It's painful when you adjust me. Like it shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like it just felt like I wasn't ever heard. Yeah. So then fast forward, <laughs> I get to Atlanta and I get a new chiropractor once again. This lady, I actually really, really, really love. This is the one you're currently yeah, seeing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dr. Malini. Um, And hey. she is like, she's kind of like a wellness and chiropractor girly. Um, like, I definitely see like parts of her where she's just kind of like feeling for like the energy sometimes. Yeah. Before she like does stuff, which I, yeah. I, I think is kind of cool. Anyway, so I get new x-rays with her. Mm-hmm. And in our first like seating basically she's like okay we're gonna go over your x-rays and she was like this is freaking wild she was like i honestly don't know how you walk around um so basically my hips are perfectly perendicular and my shoulders are perfectly perendicular but my back is like at a 70 something degree angle if you get to 100 your back breaks like literally breaks in half so like i'm like i'm like there yeah yeah and um, because of my neck and my upper back as well being off kilter, she was like, if your back is like this, your shoulders and your hips should be wonky. Like they shouldn't be straight across. Like <laughs> she was like, she was like, literally, like, she was like, you are, your body is fighting and so tense in your hips and your shoulders that it is forcing you to stay completely like mm-hmm. good posture. She was like, probably from dance. Probably from I other was things, literally about to say, but your so back is same hurting. Exactly the same thing with my scoliosis. He was like, I don't understand why your hips and shoulders aren't showing this. Yes. And like when we talked through it and stuff, we were like, it's probably from years of dance holding perfect, perfect posture, posture, doing all these crazy moves, holding, holding perfect, perfect posture. posture. Your muscles just get used to holding it in that position. Mm-hmm. So it's not showing the signs of those back issues that are very much there. Like it, like genuinely, if we were walking around without perfect posture, we would probably look like freaking the humpback of Notre Girl, Dame. Like, I don't like, know what that would look like. But that's the thing is she was like, you shouldn't look like you're comfortable walking around and you look like you're fine. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. Heard. cool, 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 cool. Um, then, <laughs> sorry. Cool, cool, uh, cool. Not cool. Um, so... Yeah, she immediately was like, you're not going to be lifting more than this amount in the gym because one bad lift, like I've said, will break your back. Which was so sad because, like, we were on our powerlifting journey. I was literally convincing Zoe to get into powerlifting with me. And then my doctor was was like, like, "Uh, no lifting more than 50 pounds. And I was like, well, mm, (laughs) that's like the bar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So we had to do some adjustments, which was totally fine. Totally fine because... Anyway, okay, keep going. So uh, from there, though, if you didn't know, your okay, your neck has like all of these. What are they freaking called? Like vertebrae, kind of, but oh, not. Yeah, like, like little the, pieces, the little bones. Yeah, those vertebrae. are vertebrae, right? Yeah. Okay, so your neck has all these vertebrae, and they're supposed to like be nice, soft curves, right? Mm-hmm. And over time, if your neck starts bending in the wrong direction your neck automatically responds by spurring those bones. So they get sharp and aggressive. And then over time, your body starts to mold those vertebrae into one big piece of bone in order to protect your neck. Once your neck gets to one piece of bone, really stage four, 
to stage five. Stage five is one bone. Stage four is like, you're basically there. Yeah. There is no fixing it. Mm-hmm. Zoe is at a stage three and a half when she walked in the door. Yeah. So she was like, girl, we got to fix your this. neck. You will get to like 40 and you're going to look like you're 75, like because of the, yeah. like the pain or not the pain, but like whatever's happening. The curvatures and stuff. So, yeah. and, and there's not really a reason other than the fact that my base is just messed up. Yeah. So from there, obviously, like we did, I think I've been there for months now. So then when I did my second one a few months later, like everything was actually progressing like really well. Mm-hmm. So like my hips were still straight, but my shoulders aren't straight anymore, which she liked, even though it's still a bad thing. She was like, no, it's a good thing because that means your body's moving. Yada, yada, yada. Up, yeah. So like overall, I will always go to the chiropractor for my spondy, but like. Yeah. It's something that eventually I won't have to go three to four times a week because literally I go three to four times a week every yeah. single week. Like, it's wild. Um, and eventually, hopefully my muscles will calm down, which will help me be less tense, which can in turn help me with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, she and my doctor talk a lot, and they both think that if I can get my spondy to kind of get a little bit looser, if I can release the sciatic nerve, which... Over time, if I start to open up those vertebrae more that are in the lower spot, it should release the sciatic nerve that's pinched. Mm-hmm. Um, that it could honestly help with weight loss too, because like all yeah. of that is like connected. Um, thing, yep. And I've had shots. I've had epidural like procedures done to my uh, bulging disc. The first one went really well, and the second one literally was the most painful thing I've ever been through in my life, and I don't recommend it. <laughs> and it didn't help, but it's just kind of one of those like chance operations. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean anything. Um, but that's like my main back issue. Um, I think (laughs) like that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What else did I say? Uh, that was back. Was there anything else? back related. That was like all back. Okay. No, I don't think there's anything else back related because I think that was like literally what else could there be? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Not be anything else. (laughs) Um, the only other thing that I can think of off the top of my head right now is that I do have PCOS. Mm-hmm. I've had PCOS diagnosed since. Do you remember the acronym off the top of your head? Because I don't. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. So they're basically cysts all over your ovaries. Yep. Um, I have always had irregular, very painful, super heavy periods. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes debilitate, like debil, debil, what is debilitating, yeah, yeah, debilitating pain, like literally would just lay in bed, like can't move, like would miss yeah. class. Um, and it was worse when my period started for the first time. It was like weird. I I I, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it kind of like stopped, but also my periods kind of stopped for a hot minute, where it was like. I was rarely getting a period. Mm. And then I got into high school and I actually went to like an OB for like one of the first times or a gyno, not an OB. <laughs> I wasn't pregnant. Uh, a gyno. <laughs> and that was where um, she had asked me like, oh, you know, like, are your periods regular? And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, yeah. I was like, girl, what is that? Not even close. Um, are they supposed to be? <laughs> so she was like, okay, well, like, let's do some tests. And then I had like some blood work come back kind of weird. Um, and then I had like an ultrasound done with like the, the stick thing yeah. and it was like, like the, uh, the vagine one. Yeah. And it was like, sis, sister had babies. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah, like so yeah. many. <laughs> um, Guys, I have a sis that we sorry. call sister. <laughs> For those that don't know. Sorry. That was so casual. That was funny. Um, so yeah, I, oh my um, little babies. 
<laughs> um, literally on ovaries too which is what's like yeah not funny but um, ironic. no yeah it's just you know weird um but that was in like high school and i started birth control around then too and i think birth control kind of took the edge off the pain and it wasn't oh, as okay. bad good but birth control caused a lot of other issues Side for effects, me yeah. so then i ended up getting off of it yeah and around the time i got off of it i had a cyst explode and oh what no. even did you feel it explode? Yes. What a, okay. I thought that like what did that feel like? I genuinely thought like I was dying. Like I thought maybe my appendix ex- like I thought something did bad. Did you like physically happened. feel like a burst? It's not a burst feeling or my I, I can't speak for everyone because there are different like levels of PCOS. Yeah. Mine was more like um a sensation of like sharp needles almost like expanding in my uterus. So like not like a cramp. Like one, like, okay, sorry. I just really want to, because I'm very curious about this. It Was it like a lot of needles? Yeah. And like, was it okay, like pulsing imagine, or was it like No, okay. So sharp like, pain? let's say you had a glass ball in your uterus okay. and it exploded and you couldn't feel like, the explode. Like it didn't feel like didn't an feel explosion, the explosion, but they felt but the you shards, felt like of, the shards glass. of glass just hitting the uterine wall. Does that make sense? That sounds yeah. awful. No, but that's literally, and it's like, it, I remember because it woke me up out of my sleep. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is happening is this? to me? Yeah. And it was like, and I'm a pretty emotional person, but like, I was like immediately crying, like doubled over, like something was wrong. Like I genuinely thought like appendix or like something, but I was like, I was like, <laughs> where is my appendix? You know what yeah. I mean? Cause like, I'm like, it's not down there. Bro, in eighth grade, I thought my appendix exploded and guess what? I let out a massive fart and then I was fine. <laughs> So no, 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 I literally no, 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 checked no. myself out of class and went to the nurse because I was freaking out. And then I just let out a massive fart, and Aye. I was like, "Oh, no, we're fine." I love that. I yeah, love that. it wasn't it wasn't glass no. ball exploding on my uterus. So, <laughs> well, and, and to be honest, like that's me explaining it after having it happen a couple times now because oh, you've had multiple explode. Mm-hmm. Oh damn! Um, because. I, at the, the first time it happened, I don't even know that I really processed what had happened. Yeah. Because it was like, it literally just jolted me out of my sleep. And so, I was like, uh, I am not okay. Yeah. And I literally was like, okay, like maybe I'm just having really bad cramps. Like yeah. that's, that's the first place. Like, I, I mean, I knew my appendix. See, I exploded. hate that though. Is because like every woman has like really bad, like stomach <laughs> pain in any part of her, like, like. Any part of her abdomen, yeah. and we're all like, it's cramps. When like, no, like, like literally. It's like, something no. so much worse, and we're yeah. just like, like we're just written off so often about mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. thing, where it's like, oh, it's just cramps, and then well, it's and like, I t- definitely I, not cramps. I know I told, like, either my grandmother or my mom yeah. or somebody, and they were like, yeah, it's probably just cramps. Like, you don't really, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's probably fine. And, like, I think, honestly, like, when I got the PCOS diagnosis the first time, mm-hmm. I think it literally went so over my head that, like, I didn't know, really I didn't even know what it meant. You know what yeah. I mean? And I changed doctors because I was younger. So I was still going to like pediatric care with that person. Yeah. Almost. And then it like, not really, but like it was a different doctor. And then I got old enough to get my own doctor and it, it switched. Anyway. Yeah. So then Wait, I, sorry, before, I'm sorry, before you move on, can I ask one more question? Uh, yeah. With the, like the bursts, what did, like, what did you do to like heal it? Like. Like, the pain happens. What mm-hmm. got you to no more pain? Did you have to go to the, like, hospital? Did you just mm-hmm. have to wait for it to pass? Mm-hmm. Oh. There is no, like, medicine for PCOS. 
Well, I knew like, that. I mean, like, but they, I, mean, I mean, you could take meds, but like, yeah. I mean, like, ibuprofen for me doesn't help. Like, ibuprofen might help, like, the inflammation, I guess, if there is some, but like, so it doesn't how, do much for me. Yeah. How long did you have to wait for that pain to subside? Um, I think the first day I like literally stayed up almost all night. Like, heat pad didn't really do enough. So then I tried ice. Then I went back to heat. Just kind of like, yeah almost treating it like a really bad cramp, but like yeah. it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, which made me go back to the doctor and they were like, they literally, as soon as they looked up with the freaking ultrasound, they were like, oh, you have fluid from a cyst Yeah. Which some people can get the fluid removed, which I did. Mm-hmm. I got like, they like literally syringed all of the fluid out because it's not good to have the cystic like fluid, fluid. in you. Yeah. Um, but you like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I don't go to the doctor every time it happens. Yeah. Which maybe I should. I really don't know. I so don't. Like, my so my the, knowledge, honestly, is not that great on it. Yeah. But, okay, so the cyst burst, and then how long after did you go to the doctor to get the fluid removed? Uh, I think I went, like, two days later, because I still had, okay, like. So pretty quick. Okay. I, I think I still, I mean, if a cyst was to burst right now, let's yeah. say. It would be freaking painful, right? Yeah. And then I would probably, like, deal with it for hours. Sometimes depends. I mean, it depends because like you can have small and big ones. Yeah. Um. But like after a little while, it'll kind of like eddy down. Yeah. But it'll be like a lingering cramp pain. Like it's always in the back of your mind, and it just feels weird. And then by day two or day like one to two, I almost feel like extremely bloated, but like not in my stomach. It's like really low bloated. Yeah. And I don't really don't really know why. Probably Um, the fluid. I bet. I mean, I would assume so. But like happened like. I mean, it's not the same, but, like, when my Nana had cancer, there was fluid from the cancer mm-hmm. that would, like, fill her up, and then we'd have to drain it, and she would feel mm. so bloated and tight from it. Yeah. But I bet it's the same thing where that fluid was probably what was making you feel, yeah. like, tight and bloated like that. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, it it goes away, and honestly, I don't know. I mean, this is, like, a little TMI for everybody listening, but I have no idea if it's, like, the fluid can exit your system like naturally, like just like peeing and stuff. Yeah. Cause like, I'm sure it can at least like maybe I would absorb. assume like it goes somewhere. Like I know for a fact, it's not just sitting, sitting in, there. in there. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, maybe it comes out with your period. I really couldn't tell you. I honestly, yeah. it's something that I should definitely put more time and energy into learning about for myself, but I honestly put it off until I have a period that's really bad or I skip a period. And then you're like, ooh, and then I'm look like, obviously something is not going right. Yeah. But it's it's honestly something that's really scary too because um, the level of PCOS I have is n- like for sure going to cause like fertility issues in the sense of like, it will be more of a struggle when I try to conceive. Yeah. Or I could just be like, Mother Mary and <laughs> it will be fine. Yeah. But it's known to like be a little bit harder. Yeah. So like, I think I go into it already like terrified for the what ifs more than I should have like educating myself Mm -hmm. and people in my past have not always been supportive of that whole situation and like what it means and like what I should do with it. Like like your diagnosis of PCOS, you mean? Okay. Like it's, it's always been kind of brushed off by certain people. Yeah. So I think I kind of just learned to be like, oh, well it's just something girls have, you know what I mean? Like it's just something everyone is dealing with. And, And so I'm just like, okay, like, I just need to stop whining about it because obviously like this is not the biggest thing in the world and like whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't had one burst in a long time. Well, okay, well that's like, good. Like it not in the last like three years, oh, I would say. Oh, like, yeah. It's been a minute. Um, I mean. <laughs> and they can shrink too. Like 
if your body is like dealing with them correctly, they can shrink. Like mm-hmm. you don't always have a ton. Yeah. Sometimes people will only have one. Like yeah. it just really varies. So yeah. I had a cyst on my ovary once and it definitely disappeared within a couple of years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Crazy. Was that just like, a, um, like you didn't have to do anything disappeared? to it? Like it's gone? No. Well, I was, so I got an x-ray because I was having some, I was getting some kind of weird pains in like that area. And they were like, there's definitely like a cyst there. We want you to do like an MRI um, or a CAT scan. Or no, it wasn't a CAT scan. It was definitely an MRI. Yeah. Um, to get it looked at further just to like make sure that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And when I went to go get the MRI done, they had to do an IV so that they could get contrast. And I had a panic attack and I didn't do the MRI. They had to get contrast? Yeah, they had to put contrast I've heard in. of that term. Um, sometimes if they need a clearer image. Uh-huh. Put this like liquid in your body that somehow helps. Oh, clarify the yeah. area. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never had an MRI. I've never heard of that. Whoa, that was the first time I heard of it too. This, what, it, this is what I'm like. Damn, like medical advancement is so cool. They literally have like something they put it's in your body so they can get a clear image of your innards. Yeah, which yeah. is like already crazy. They can get an image of your innards. Yeah. Exactly. Um, wow. But I had a panic attack and I did not do the MRI because I did not want the needle and the contrast. And so then I just ignored it for a couple years. Yeah. And then um, there was like some other pain going on. So they had to do like an ultrasound. They did like an external internal ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I had a cyst there before. Can you look at that again? And they're like, there's literally nothing there. Oh, so it went away on its own. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say about it is, like, I know for a fact when it's a really, really big one, you got a lot of bleeding. That's, mm. like, the only real thing I can think of is, like, it, you'll know. Yeah. It's coming out. I just so, feel like when they're smaller, I don't cysts, have, like, unless it's, you know, I mean, I well, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe I'm just poorly educated on female anatomy. Are these cysts inside of your ovaries? Or are they on the outside? The outside. So they're on the outside of your ovaries, but they then that would still be that would still exit through the uterus, most likely. Yeah, I'm trying to like picture that. Like, I'm about to bring you a picture. I know I'm like trying to picture like that like quintessential image of like our uterus and ovaries and everything in my brain, and I'm trying to think of where the uh, cysts would be in relation to where. So on the left side of this picture, uh-huh. it's going to look like a healthy ovary. On the right, you're going to see all the dots and how they're on the outside of the like, they're like little pockets. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they look like. So that's the outside of your ovary. Yeah. Right. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm part of me feels like if it's a small one and I, I, cause I don't always feel them. Like, I think that they can be bursting at any time truly when they're small. Yeah. And like, maybe it looks more like a discharge situation and I just am not like aware paying of attention it. enough. I just know for a fact that like on that really first one and one other time I bled a lot and I like assumed it was a period. But then when I went to the doctor, they were like, it was probably the cyst, you know, bursting whatever. In your body. Yeah. So I think it just varies. Like, I know so many girls that have it way worse than me. Mm-hmm. Like, 
way worse. And then I know some girls that have like such smaller yeah, like PCOS can have a lot of different symptoms. A lot right? of different yeah. things. Like yeah. people like people that have endometriosis and endometriosis, is that yeah. how you say it? Yeah. Um, it's almost a type of that in a way. And so mm-hmm. if you have that as well, it can be like really bad together Mm. and like sometimes the bleeding can be so severe that the blood loss is too much and you like need to go get medical help yeah so like it can be like dangerous yeah um but i'm i've never had like a situation like that yeah yeah. it's wild uh it's a hormone issue though if you were curious oh okay it's a hormone imbalance usually like it's like Something is going wrong in your hormones. That's what yeah. creates them. Yeah. So if they fix the hormones in your body, would they fix the PCOS? They could. Okay. Um, but I know I have a hormonal imbalance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, like I've had nutritionists and doctors tell me that my hormones are all the hell out of whack. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what to do about it though. <laughs> so same girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I genuinely, and this could be wrong. But I feel like my birth control, like you, mm-hmm. messed me up. Yeah, yeah same. Which is why when I went to this recent doctor and she was like, oh, you need to get, like, on birth control. And I was like, girl, I'm no. having no sex right now. Like, <laughs> at the time, I was, like, literally, like, a month from, like, getting yeah. divorced. Like, I was like, I'm not doing nothing. And she was like, well, you just need to do it. She was, like, uh, uh, telling me to get, like, the implants and, like, the things. Yeah. And I was like... I just don't think that's a good idea. I was like, I totally understand the need and the fact that birth control works for a lot of women, but I will never return on birth control ever in my for the the rest of my life. I will not. Is like I can use a calendar. I can track my period. I can track my ovulation. Like I know every woman. This is my biggest thing. Every woman needs to learn how to check her cervix. Now, and granted, it's so fucking easy to check your cervix. I think that's the easiest route too. When you're someone like me that will skip a whole month of a period or two or three yeah or like something's off like my days are never like perfectly consistent yeah but i do track them regardless and if yeah. i if, if i am that concerned it's not that hard to check your cervix you won't know if you fertile yeah. or not yeah and that's the biggest thing is like check your cervix okay queens we're gonna go through a little bit of a <laughs> lesson real quick uh tracking your period is a big part of it and knowing like when you're going to be ovulating and everything like that mm-hmm. but another thing that will really help you but is checking your cervix. If you reach up in there and you feel the thing that t- feels like a tiny little pe- like a uh, penis head and it is hard like a penis head would be, mm-hmm. then that is means that you are not currently fertile. Yeah. If it is soft and mushy and higher up, then that means that you are fertile. The key to remembering this is just remember the sperm can live within your uterine area, your vaginal canal for up to five days. So I would continue to check yourself just to be safe. Let's say you have unprotected sex and everything um, on a Monday. I would continue testing your cervix through Saturday just to make sure you're not hitting your ovulation within there. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, it's almost impossible to become pregnant, okay? Mm -hmm. This is not medical advice for you individually, okay? (laughs) Don't sue me if you get pregnant and you check your cervix and you said, Holly said I wasn't going to get pregnant. But it's just one of those things where there are so many tools mm-hmm. that can help you. And I will also say, I've been plugging so many people today. I'm also going to fr- uh, plug my friend Callie Shea. Her Instagram is literally Callie Shea. It's C-A-L-E-E-S-H-E-A. And she focuses on learning how to understand your body, your sexual health, how to balance your hormones like we were mm-hmm. talking about and live hormone happy that's like kind of her phrase mm-hmm. but then she also teaches you how to uh do birth control without like a medically 
like like a pill or um, a bar or an IUD or whatever it is. Yeah. She teaches you how to track your period, track your basal body temperature, track, track your cervix, like all that sort of stuff so that you don't have to rely on like traditional Western medicine forms of birth control in order to get the effects of birth control, if that makes sense. Yeah. And all I'm saying is I've been off of birth control for five, almost six years and mm-hmm. I'm not pregnant. So I can say this I'm with a pretty okay with it. happy fact. I've been off of birth control for over 10 years and I have not had a baby. Pop off. I have just about never taken birth control and I have never been pregnant. Pop off queens. Um, The only other thing I would recommend is if you are looking for an app that you can have in your phone that tracks not just like your period, but your mental health as well. The Mm. Ovia app is really good. It's O-V-I-A. If I actually remember to do it every day, I think it would be even greater because I mean, it literally prompts you on like, how did you feel today? What did you do today? What did you do? This, like, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. actually really oh, great. Julie and I talked about this the other day because I was telling her that I used one called um, Clue. Uh, well, that's the one I, I still used to use, use Clue. Yeah, 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 I used one called Clue. Um, and same where it was kind of, and I, and I need to be better about it because, like, mm-hmm. I'll track my period on it, but I won't really track like my other days. But it's also good of like a mental health check in to just kind of be like, you know, how am I feeling today? Am mm-hmm. I happy? Am I sad? Am I overwhelmed? Am I stressed? Am I anxious? Whatever it is. It might ask you about your sleep. It might yeah. ask you about other parts. That, like your body does so Talking much more than just acne, have a period that was one too. Thing I really liked with it is being mm-hmm. able to track my acne. Like it is kind of a good like little uh, like mental health, body health check in with yourself every day to kind of have as well. Yeah. And if you don't want an app, honestly, a journal. Like, yeah. I've thought about that, too, of, like, just having, like, something at the bedside table that's, like, you know, every day wake up, like, write down how you're feeling, like, one sentence or how yesterday went or something like that. You know, like, just a little check-in. Yeah. On all of those things, I feel like could be really beneficial. I don't know why I just got into that, like, anyway. <laughs> um, I used to use an app, but when everything happened in Georgia as far as, like, abortion, I stopped oh, using the yeah. app because I heard something about how... Oh, that can, information like, can be used, used against you. Against you, I have heard that as well. Um, so I just keep a notes on my phone, and I keep track of like my more emotional days, yeah. and also like physically what's going on. Yeah. Did that get overturned, or am I crazy? What? No. The new like abortion laws no. in Georgia. No. 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 It that in some states it's it getting get worse right somewhere now. Else was it North Carolina? I feel like it got overturned somewhere, and we were like, woo, and then. It, no, I don't think anybody actually got it overturned. There was a lot of people fighting it, and there was talk of, like, certain ones getting overturned, but I don't think anybody has actually gotten overturned. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I, It's funny because I thought about it when we were talking about the birth control thing because I know for a fact so many people are terrified of that new law and, like, the what-ifs. So, yeah. like, don't feel like us saying that we don't really want birth control means that you don't need to have birth control. Because, like, yeah. if that's what you want, that's my thing. Please is like, get I it. I totally like, understand and respect that decision if that's for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our opinion. A thousand percent. But I would also, even if that is your choice, I would encourage you to look into, mm-hmm. like, a natural option as well just to see if that's something that you think you would be comfortable with mm-hmm. because, man, I've just seen so many. Okay, for instance, like, my IUD story, I did one um, – like right after I got my IUD out and I got one a year after two of my best performing videos on my YouTube channel, those comments, I mean, it literally breaks my heart how many women have had awful side effects from their IUD and how many people have said their OBGYN has like kind of pressured them into it Mm -hmm. because it's like 
an easier option. There's no pill that you have to take or whatever. Yeah. And like, be mind. They're like, oh, it's painless. It's a fucking not painless. No, it's not. It's fucking not painless. You know they painless. offer you like um, numbing and like like you can go under now to get it done. My doctor literally offered that. She was like, if you're worried about the pain, you can literally like. Yeah, that was not request, an option like, for whatever, me. Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Can more men just please wear condoms? <laughs> Honestly, women are literally suffering out here. Even if a condom makes literally all the responsibility a little bit less good for you, honestly, is so much better than us having to go under anesthesia in order to get a fucking IUD just so you don't have to wear a fucking condom. Only for it to like freaking fuck up our hormones, give us acne, make us gain weight, all these fucking things. And even our emotions. And even still get pregnant. Because Melody got pregnant on her IUD. And which is also and very very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Like it's crazy how how all the pressure is put onto us to be responsible for not getting pregnant and no (laughs) pressure is put on the men to not get us pregnant. Like bitches. And that is why I started carrying my own fucking condom because I ain't fucking with y'all. Yeah. Because y'all gonna look at me and be like, I don't have one. Oh, that's okay. That's okay, honey. I got one. We got got one. I got one right here. Also, I will not have sex with a man who is not going, like, on my side about it. Who's, like, not... Totally valid. Yeah. Protect yourself. Yeah. Why would you? Protect yourself. Like, like, if they're like, I don't want to wear a condom or, like, any of that bullshit, like, absolutely not, like... Because also the thing about condoms too is like that's not just a protection against pregnancy. That's also a protection SSG. against STDs. So like and you know what I mean. We ain't we ain't out here trying to no no catch no nothing. Choose your partners wisely mm-hmm. and take ownership over your body. Word preach, Mama Julia. Wow. Okay, where are we at time wise? Um, we're already an hour <laughs> in. <laughs> Look at this go. Okay, wait. One more thing that okay. you forgot to mention. I was gonna double check you on these. Oh yeah, hop, hop to um, me. She got polyps on her. Throat. Oh my god! Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have polyps on my vocal folds. Yeah, let me tell y'all. If you've never had to have a camera put up your nose and oh, down god. your throat before, hell no. It is so uncomfortable. So the first time I did it, I actually think I was so zinned out on my meds because I was still on all my anxiety meds that I did it so well. So they go up your nose and then down and then you have to swallow the camera. So it's on. <gasps> no! So Sorry, yeah, I don't know so, why that gives me hell of anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have that flap, right? So you have to <laughs> get the camera is on like this long cord and you have to get it past that flap so that they can then look up to see the bottoms of your folds. So like, no. When I tell y'all, it was uncomfortable, but the first time I did really well. The second time I went, I literally was, I like threw it up. Like it, and I don't gag like that, but like my anxiety was so high. She don't gag like that. <laughs> oh, I literally, you looked over and I was like, oh, she don't gag like that. Heard. Anyway. So, um. Anyway. Heard. Um, anyway. I mean, you can't so, get pregnant if you just, never mind. Never mind. I need to not. Okay. So, um, anyway, the first reason I noticed that was because I, wouldn't classify all myself as like a singer now, but back when I was doing musicals so heavily and everything, I noticed that like part of my range was gone. Yeah. And if you have a polyp on a part of your vocal folds, it literally cuts off that section where you're, they literally vibrate against each other to hit notes. Yeah. So if you have a thing there, it can't vibrate to make the note correctly. Yeah. And I had a voice class my senior year of college and I literally thought it was going to be an easy A but I couldn't do stuff and it was yeah. painful. And my teacher was the person who said, you need to go get your throat looked at. She was like, 
it almost gives me the idea that you have a polyp. And I was like, really? Like, I've never heard that. Like, like this never thought like that was a thing. And so my godmother is actually a vocal like therapist slash coach. And I told her about it. And she immediately was like, go to Emory. Went to Emory, found out. Big, fat, juicy boy. So Damn. And for a while, I was driving from Columbus to Emory, like, a couple times a month. And I would go up there and have, like, things done. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stopped after a while. And I probably still have it there. But, like, I'm never going to be one to probably sign up to go get it surgically removed. Because it's actually a very scary and invasive surgery. Oh. That cannot go correctly. I mean, it can change your voice. Like, yeah. it can do a lot of damage before it does anything great. And... You go through a lot of like therapy to get back to where you were. Yeah. Where that's how I feel about getting my tongue tie like fixed. Mm, is mm-hmm. like I'm like scared to get it done because like your tongue can literally just like kind of like blah, out of yeah. your mouth because like it's you scary. have to relearn the muscles and everything. Uh-huh. And like I just the physical therapy of it, I'm just like mm-hmm. not uh excited about. So I put it yeah. off even though I know I really should do it because it mm-hmm. can also affect insomnia. So that's my biggest oh, and, thing. Yeah, yeah I'm, you like, told me about that. Yeah, it could help help my sleeping issues, but like the like work of all of it. I'm mm-hmm. just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I think honestly, if the polyp like vocal therapy that you can do to like help make it smaller was uh, covered by insurance, I would have kept doing it. Doing that, yeah. And if I had lived in Atlanta and not had to drive from Columbus every single time for an appointment, I probably would have kept doing it. Yeah. And so maybe down the line, if it does ever end up on my thing, I'll actually do something about it. But for the yeah. most part, like I do. Okay. Like, when I have really bad allergic reactions and like mm. I have the dairy issues where my throat starts closing, then I can feel it way more in that pain. Yeah. But like otherwise I have to like be belting defying gravity in the car with y'all to really feel it like hurt. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's yeah. Word. Like when I did the album stuff with Colby, it, it didn't hurt. It didn't like hurt as long all. as I like I'm drinking a lot of water. So yeah. Got you, got you, got you. Thanks for knowing more about me. <laughs> That's my job, bitch. Oh, wait, I do have one more thing. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, Um, I have, what is that shit called? <laughs> the stuff on my my head. Um, oh, oh, my God. Um, not. It's like a dermatology. Not. It's a. Um, not eczema. It's not eczema. Dermatitis? It's something like that. Okay, whatever it is, I have it on my head. So my head will like peel and like scab it's so gross yeah and it's really really painful like during different seasons like especially in the summer because it gets so dry yeah I have so much hair on my head like so much yeah um so if i could like find somebody who could literally like do my that. scalp every once a month like i would be gucci but you one of those like a uh, freaking uh like chinese chi- yes chinese scalp i do yeah, i do yeah i mean i've had medicated shampoo before i have like certain ointments for when it gets really really bad because sometimes yeah. honestly like the ones on my head almost like act like dandruff so sometimes a dandruff shampoo is enough yeah but in really bad situations it'll come down into my forehead mm-hmm. and it'll create like these white patches that are like they're not painful, but they're just very dry. Yeah. And then, like, makeup doesn't stick to it, so it's not coverable. And it used to be really bad because when I was younger, I would get white spots, like, just randomly on my face. Mm. And it was, like, it's all because of that. It just, But it just lives, like, neck up. I've never had it hit anywhere else, which it can be known to spread. But, like, it's just, like, a, I think, honestly, maybe, like, a bacteria type of thing. I, I'm not really yeah. sure. Interesting. So, yeah, that's my know. fun facts. Julian's looking at me like, bitch, are you okay? <laughs> I'm literally fine. Ooh, uh, my witch cackle came out. Sorry about that, you guys. 
Um, okay, since we're at over an hour, do we want to just, like, wrap up here? Yeah, I think that's And then good. I was thinking maybe another day we'll do our, like, self-diagnoses and we'll call it the delusion. Because I know we have that <laughs> Oh, on the yeah, that's a good one. We'll definitely we are do straight the delusional. Yeah. 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 Cool. Honestly, right. Holly has self-diagnosed me before, so. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Oh, my God. Anyway. Literally. Mm. Um... Anyways, Thanks I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, uh, let us know. We would love if you would give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever please. you're listening. That would be super, super helpful. So please do that. Um, and then you can also find more of Chapters Pod on ChaptersPod.com or Chapters.Pod on Instagram, Chapters.Pod on TikTok, and Chapters.Pod on YouTube. Hop off, Queen. Oh, man. Um, you can find Zoe on Instagram at TGI Zoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot to mention on YouTube's last round. Uh, so you can find her on Instagram at just Zoe with three E's. That's no, just, it's, it's fine. She meant on YouTube. Oh, that's my Instagram man. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Instagram is TGI Zoe. YouTube's is just Zoe. Just Z-O-E-E-E. Yeah. Three E's. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Holly underscore Hickman and on YouTube at Holly underscore Hickman. And you can find Julia on Instagram at Jules.doll. Jules.doll. Oh, That's J-U-L-E-S dot D-A-H-L. I just want to give a really big round of applause to our special guest, Julia. Woo! We couldn't be here without you. We put her through the ringer two episodes in one night. No, literally. I'm so happy to be here. I love you guys so much. <laughs> We love you, too. We love you, too. Uh, All right, Zoe, take us home. All right, you guys. Remember, if you never turn the page, you'll never know how your chapter ends.